0: Welcome to the Lady Landlords podcast, where we empower women to gain financial independence through real estate investing. I'm your host, Becky Nova, founder of Lady Landlords. If you're ready to buy, manage, and grow your real estate portfolio, then let's get started. Should you be buying rentals right now? Or should you hold off to see what happens with the market? Well, that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today in this episode of the Lady Landlord's Podcast. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Becky Nova, and I wanted to just give a quick episode today, a little bit about what has been going on with my own real estate investing portfolio and what I've been seeing within our Lady Landlord's community with people buying in markets all across the country. And this has been a very hot topic. And I wanted to make sure that you had some answers here. So let's kind of go back and what's been going on in my own real estate investing journey. So as many of you know, I buy rental properties and mostly multifamilies throughout New York and then also in the Dominican Republic. Now, I know what you're probably saying, New York, you've gotta be crazy, but you know what? I actually love the rental market in New York buying right outside of New York City into the Hudson Valley, and I wanna make sure that I can share what I'm seeing with this market going on and how I'm still finding my properties and see how that can make sure to help you wherever it is that you were buying. So here's what happened the past few weeks. As many of you may remember, I actually went down and was living throughout Florida in a couple different cities throughout most of the winter. You may know if you've been listening to our podcast for a while that I absolutely hate, hate, hate the snow. So I always look to see where else I can be a snowbird and where I can escape New York for the winter months. This year happened to be down in Florida. Well, I came back to New York about two, three weeks ago now. And once I got back, I really hit the ground running with looking for my next rental property. So when I came back, Unfortunately, I ended up with a horrible migraine the day I got back from Florida. If anything told me that I should have probably stayed in Florida, it was definitely that migraine. But once I was really knocked out for that month with that migraine for almost a week, if anybody has ever had a migraine listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Once I started finally feeling better, I had just a flood in my inbox of so many different deals and opportunities that really might've actually worked for me, but I did not know because I wasn't able to go through them all. So I took that, whatever it was, Thursday afternoon, and I went through and cleaned out my entire inbox and went through all of those different listings. I'm talking properties that I might've gotten from a wholesaler that I got from the MLS, from wherever it possibly came from, or somebody else, some other investor that I know that maybe a deal didn't work for them, but they thought it might actually have worked for me. I sat down, I went through absolutely every single one of those deals. And what I did was I narrowed down all of those different opportunities into, believe it or not, three that actually worked for me. Now, there are other episodes that you can listen to on the Lady Landlords podcast or on our YouTube channel, Lady Landlords, that talks about how I am able to really know my criteria for buying, which allows me to be able to analyze and evaluate all of those different deals that were in my inbox and to get from all those hundred different deals that have been sent to me all the way down to three in just a few hours. So make sure to go back and you can listen to some of those episodes. But it's really being clear on what your buying criteria is. Make sure that you know the type of properties that you're looking for. I'll share a little bit about that criteria. For example, I was making sure to look for a property that at this point in time was either turnkey or needed just some cosmetic updates. I was actually willing to accept tenants in those properties. I was looking for them to have leases in place and clearly be current on rent. I was not looking for a flip in this situation. Also, I was looking in two different areas in Westchester County and then also in Hudson Valley. I always look for multifamilies. That happens to be my personal specialty. So that was a requirement for my husband and I in what we were looking for. And also we had based on that what our price points would be, which is very different between the Hudson Valley and Westchester County. And then clearly what we'd be looking for from a cash flow perspective on those properties based on what our cap would be for those. So once I got those three narrowed down, I set out and made sure to go take a look at those properties the next day. My husband and I were able to get in touch with our realtor and we scheduled those three showings. Now, here is something that is always very interesting when you're looking at properties. There was one property out of those three that when I saw, I absolutely fell in love with. This was actually a property that I was like, ooh, I might have to move into this. I was so excited, the pictures were gorgeous. It was actually almost a dream home property for me. It had a pool, and once again, if you have been following along on my journey, you know that I'm an absolute sun lover, so a pool was something that I was like, yes, this is a property that I personally want, let alone necessarily want as that rental. So we went and looked at those properties, right? So what was actually interesting about this is since I'd let those deals sit in my um, inbox for that whole week while I had that migraine, unfortunately, I had to get moving on things really soon. So I went to go see them on a Friday. One of them, the Dream House property had to have the offer in by like noon that day, the One of the other properties had to actually have the offer in by like 11 o'clock the next morning. And then there was one other property that had come off the market and now all of a sudden was back on the market. So I was clearly interested in what was happening there. So went to that first property. First property was absolutely fantastic. It was a turnkey quadplex. A quadplex in an area that you do not necessarily see them in, right in the center of town. And honestly, it automatically just looked like a cash cow. It was a property that I knew was going to go, and it was going to go well over market. So I was really, really excited about that one. I knew that it was really important to get what my numbers were going to be on that one, and what I was willing to negotiate, and what I was not. Second property was in that dream house property. And I got to say, I showed to it, and my dreams went right out the window. Unfortunately, the pictures were much nicer than the actual property was. So maybe it was not exactly something that I then could see myself moving into and really wanting to live in for a good period of time, but numbers actually still worked and it did actually make for a good rental. So If you follow me on Instagram at beckynova24, you'll probably see I did a video about how I ended up having to drive my realtor's car, which is much fancier and prettier than my little smart car, as we were driving to the next property, just so we can make sure that we were getting that offer in before that deadline, as I had mentioned earlier. So we now had property number two. Um, That was the not-so-dream home, we'll call that. And we had to offer two to get in there. And then property three, saw property three. It definitely was the only one that needed a lot more work compared to the other two. And as I mentioned, one of the criteria that I was actually looking for was that we would have tenants in place. I was really looking for something turnkey with what is kind of going on right now. And unfortunately, as we were looking at the property, we realized that one of the tenants was actually moving out. What does that mean? What that actually means is that we would not be able to just rent that that apartment. That was not something that was really turnkey for that opportunity. I really would have needed to have done then done some of that work, which then also means extra costs that I would have to factor into my ideal analyzing before and carrying costs before I would then be able to get a tenant in place on that rental. So here's what we ended up doing. Like I mentioned. For the not-so-dream house, we got that offer in literally in the car as we were driving between these different properties. My That first property that we're going to call Cash Cow, we were able to also get an offer in. That took a little bit more time because, like I said, I knew that that property was going to go over-ask. I knew that that property was going to go really, really fast. And then property three was, for me in New York, I think the first time, that my husband and I have actually been able to put an offer in, and we're going to call this the lowball property. The reason for that is because once again, it did not have the tenant in a place that I was looking for. It had more work than I was really looking to do when we had set out looking at these properties. But we said, you know what, we can actually still make some money on this deal. So let's throw in a number and see what happens. And here are the results. We came back I will just start with cash cow. We did not get that property. And I got to say, as much as I do know the money that that property would have made, I also understand that we do not need to go chasing numbers in this market. Does it get frustrating? Is it really difficult when we're sitting there being like, I really want to buy another property and I really want to buy this property and I really want to get that next rental property? Yes, all of that is absolutely great. But we have to remember that we are looking for a certain amount of cash flow. We are in the business of making money. Therefore, we cannot necessarily just go and get emotional and just kind of go chasing numbers and therefore be going over what a property would necessarily be worth. We have to look at what those numbers are and then decide this is the offer that we're going in on. So you know what? I did not get it, but I am perfectly okay with it because it worked with the numbers that I went in on. It would not have worked with the numbers that I would have chased. So you know what? Somebody else can have it. If that's what they felt that it was worth, and they can do just the same amount of work as me, and they could actually do that for less money. Now, the not so dream home, interestingly, we also came back and that we did get an accepted offer. So, like I said, it was not the dream home that I was looking forward to moving in on, but it was something that I did know that we would be able to make money on. So, we decided to move forward with that. We were able to starting to set up our inspection time and we ended up coming back that the seller chose to take that property off the market for personal reasons. So even though we are so excited, we finally got that accepted offer and it still was a gorgeous property, even if it was not necessarily my dream home, it was something that there was just nothing we can do. And even though we had the accepted offer, it fell through at that point in time. Hopefully the seller will come back around and when things change on his side, will actually be able to offer that. And that was really something that I was happy that my realtor was really able to impress upon the seller's realtor to say, hey, kind of come back and make sure to kind of do the right thing and give us that had the accepted offer the right of first refusal when the seller is ready to move forward with offloading that property. So hopefully in a few months, I will be able to share a little bit more about that story, assuming that that comes back to us as an accepted offer. So then let's go to now, The same phone call that I had telling me that that deal on the not so dream home had actually fallen through was the exact same phone call when I found out that the lowball offer actually came back and they actually came back and were willing to negotiate on that. And we met at a fantastic number that was still under ask, even in this market, even in New York. And also, this was a property that was actually on the MLS, right? So oftentimes you do hear, hey, you can't find deals on the market. You have to be always looking for off-market deals. And I'm here to tell you that is not necessarily true. You absolutely not only still can find deals, but there's still room for negotiation. Maybe the moral of the story here is that you have to think a little bit outside of your buying criteria. You have to know what it is that you are looking for. But also you have to know a little bit outside of that about what you are willing to look at and what you're willing to accept. So it is really important to make sure to have those conversations um, beforehand with either a business partner or, or someone else that you're investing. But even if you are investing yourself, spend a little bit of time and really think through what it is that you personally are looking to get out of a purchase, what is the type of property that you want to buy? Is it a single family? Is it a multifamily? How far within a market or outside of that area are you actually willing to be able to invest in? And then also think about what that cash flow is that you personally are looking for. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, I actually did not give the numbers of what I was looking for cash flow. Why is that? Because my number for what a good deal is is still going to be different. Than what your number of what a good deal is means to you. Also, it might mean different things on different properties. So I didn't share my number. You can find it in the Lady Landlord's Facebook group. If you go there and you search the group, I'm very open about that there. But I didn't mention this episode because I want to encourage you to think about what that number is for you personally. Okay. So When we come back to the idea of if we should be buying in this market or if we should not be, it goes back to what you specifically are looking for, what your criteria is. Get out there and look. And hey, if something comes across in this market that fits all those different boxes that you were looking for, 100% go for it. We all know interest rates are kind of raising right now. Things are going to look very differently in a couple months in our rental market than they really do now. So if it meets your buying criteria, 100% absolutely choose to move forward and do your due diligence on it. But the important part that we should be asking ourselves and if we should be buying or not is does it fit our criteria or not? Now, if you need help coming up with your own buying criteria, feel free to reach out to me and learn more about the Lady Landlords Roadmap Workshop. In that workshop, which is a one-on-one workshop that you and I would do together, we go through and really get very clear on what exactly that property should look like that you should be buying, and also what is the cash flow that you should be looking for. So do make sure to look down in the show notes, so that way you can get the information there to be able to apply for the Lady Landlords Roadmap. And you can also always learn more on our website at lady-landlords.com. Thanks so much for listening in and do make sure to subscribe as we come out with a new episode of the Lady Landlords podcast every single Tuesday. Thanks so much and see you for next week's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're feeling stuck in your real estate journey, visit lady-landlords.com roadmap to book a one-on-one workshop with me. I'll help you determine your next best strategy. Or you could subscribe to our newsletter for exclusive tips and offers. Invest with confidence, become a lady landlord today.